0: Hello listeners, welcome back to another episode of Athletics Baseball Podcast with me, Taylor. And this is episode four, where today we are going to talk... I I was planning on just talking, uh, revisiting the Matt Chapman trade and seeing where we kind of ended up with that. But the A's signed... Another free agent, which is, <laughs> I I thought we were done with the last episode that I that I put out. I thought that that was it. We we were not going to be signing any more free agents, and well, the hot stove is still still boiling because we signed Drew Rosinski just today. Well, yesterday for you late right now for, for me, so I feel like it's still today, but December 21st, we signed Drew Rosinski who played a little bit in the majors, and this is really interesting. He, he played the last four seasons in the Korean Baseball League, uh, KBO, so he was a starter, and it's just, it's what what will he be in the majors? How will he perform? It's a big question. It's really interesting. We're going to get into that more, and I'm still going to talk about, you know, the, the results of the Matt Chapman trade from a year ago and kind of see where we are with that, which sort of neatly ties into the Rosinski signing as well, because... In order to make room for Rosinski on the um, on the roster, we actually DFA'd Zach Logue, who was one of the four players we received from Matt Chapman. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Drew Rosinski. We'll talk we'll talk about the four players that we got for Matt Chapman from the Toronto Blue Jays. And I just want to take a second to. Uh, Once again, remind you all and ask you to please, if you like listening to this podcast, if you're enjoying the content, go ahead and follow me on your podcast of choice, on your podcast provider of choice, and write, you know, write a good review, let me know what I'm doing well or what I should fix, and if you have any sort of, if you have any feedback for me, any comments, criticisms, whatever, uh, send them to my email athletics at gmail.com and we also have an instagram going for this podcast as well uh, just to connect with the A's world uh, that's athletics athletics baseball podcast on tw- on instagram and now that I've gotten through that let's get into first, Drew Rosinski. The new player that the A's just signed, surprisingly, and definitely caught me off guard. A little background, he was last in in the majors, he was last on Miami. Before that, he played a season for Minnesota, and then two seasons for the Angels. You could hardly call it playing two seasons for the Angels or one season for Minnesota, when across those three years, he played a combined nine games in the majors with one start and eight outings in relief. He, that, <laughs> that only makes, um, what is it, 18.2 innings pitched, 18 innings and two outs and that is not a lot, and it's really not enough to get a good look at at a player. <laughs> it's just, it, I, I think it's kind of silly, honestly, because he had the, and, and yes, they, they had the minor league performances to look at as well, but if you don't give guys chances, then they will never develop into someone who can actually compete with big league batters as a pitcher or with big league pitchers as a batter. And his fourth year he finally got a real shot, right? He was twenty nine years old that season, which I should mention now. Um he will be thirty-four for the twenty twenty-three season. But this is really his his big shot, right, in, in the majors now, twenty twenty three. But he had 2018, he was 29 years old, he played one season for Miami, he pitched in relief, 35 innings and one out. Uh, Decent, not not stellar, 4.33 ERA with a 1.33 whip. So not horrible, not great, but that really, to me, that's his rookie year. You know, and that's kind of what you maybe would expect out of a rookie reliever that's still sort of figuring things out. You know, and and that is not a crazy stat line for that. You know, and um, when you go... So after that, he was signed for uh, the Korean baseball organization. And um, those four years... He was actually a starting pitcher for all four years and he went right into 2019 pitched 30 starts uh he pitched 30 30 30 and then 31 in 2022 all all starting and averaged across those four years 3.06 era with a 1.19 whip uh 53 wins 36 losses and Yes, it's not the same quality as MLB, but Brooks Raley went and pitched for several seasons in the Korean League and then came back into MLB and and threw in relief, and he is now figuring it out for himself, and he's doing quite well. And in, you know... In comparison, Brooks Rayleigh, in his time in Korean baseball, um, he was throwing more like a 4.0 ERA, so a whole, a whole one run worse than what Drew Rasinski was doing. And maybe that means that Drew sort of figured something out. You know, maybe all he needed was more than... 30 innings in four years in the majors, you know, maybe he just needs to throw a little bit more to actually be better at throwing to, you know, quality batters, and this is probably a really good deal for the A's. It's a a one-year contract for three million dollars, and a team option for a second year for $5 million. So, th- a $3 million chance. If he's no good, it doesn't hurt the team. You know, we would probably just cut him halfway through the season and pay him the $3 million. Not pay him in 2024, you know, re- reject the option. And um, if we cut him, then we can just cycle in some of our other minor league pitchers to get them some some reps in the bigs, but if he does work out then you know, that's great trade bait and we could end up with you know, just like a lot of our other signings, free agent signings that we've had this off season, we could end up with prospects that we get to keep for the next six years seven years before you know, if they're any good. We, so we, we might end up with some good young players based off of our free agent signings if any of them pan out. And in the meantime, he'll probably, I, I think he'll probably come in in relief. In the meantime, he's going to help us to, to win games, hopefully. And, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty interested in, in this one not really having any experience in the majors not not enough to where I would say he has experience in the majors means that this really could be anything it he he just might not be able to match against major league players but I think he probably will be able to do that and I'm I'm really going to be uh keeping an eye on on his stats this year and and obviously watching a lot of games and, you know, seeing, hopefully seeing him pitch a lot and seeing him pitch well, and I think that it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him this year. So, I think we can sort of segue from Matt now towards the Matt Chapman trade, and I think that what I want to do is, I want to, going forward, I want to sort of revisit this offseason, some of those some of those trades that we had last year that, you know, for, for some of the A's stars that we grew to love over the last several years, Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, Frankie Montas, Shamanaya, you know, see some of these guys and see, you know, how they're doing, where they're at, and see what what we ended up getting for them. And it's not far enough down the road yet to where we can say we won this trade, we lost this trade. We're not going to really be able to do that yet, but but we can see how some of these players are developing. Sort of, sort of check in and see, you know, are some of them maybe not on the team anymore? Which, in this case, Zach Logue, he is maybe going to be on the team, and maybe not going to be on the team. He is DFA'd to make room for Drew Rusynski, and we gave gave Zach Logue a pretty good shot last year in 2022. He started 10 games, pitched 14 games, 57 innings, and his ERA was 6.79. And his FIP was 5.76. That's fielding independent pitching, which basically him having a FIP that far lower than his, that much lower than his ERA means that our defense was horrible, which it was. If you watched some of the games in 2022, we we on the whole over the course of the season had uh, not great defense and there were a lot of errors and stuff. And I don't really care about that because rookies are going to make more errors than more experienced players. It's not that they're necessarily bad defenders, but they just sort of have to figure it out, and maybe in some cases there's nerves or what have you. So, looking at Zach Logue... Zach Logue also had a whip of 1.54, which is not great. You would ideally like to see that, you know, (laughs) quite a bit lower, maybe down around 1, 1.1 would be fine. But his home run rate, home runs per nine innings, was really high at 2.05. Just super high. And... (laughs) some projections for Zach Logue for 2023 that you can you never can really trust these things, honestly, but they've got his home runs per nine going down, and they've got his whip going down to a 1.29, his home runs going down to 1.32, but, and and his walks per nine going down a little bit too. Like I said, I don't think that you can really project with a team especially with a team like the A's. I mean projections are always gonna be iffy to say the least, but with a team like the A's in twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three, there's so many unknowns. Um for that projection it's actually kinda of funny because it's projecting um it's projecting his fielding independent pitching to be a four point five whereas his ERA is projected to be. Oh, actually, I take that back. I'm. I was looking at something and it gave me different. Different. Uh, oh no, I was looking at the wrong category. So, all right, no, they are actually projecting projecting his ERA to be down to a four point three as well, which is more in line with his FIP, and that's that makes a little bit more sense. So. Yeah, he he will probably be better in 2023. I would like to keep him. He's DFA'd. He's not necessarily gone. You know, he was a ninth round pick. He's on. He's on the small side, but he's a lefty pitcher, and you know, it's always good to have lefty pitchers, lefty starters, especially. He started in 2022, so lefty starters, you want them. If he can figure figure out some stuff, you know, maybe he won't get picked up. I think he might get picked up, so I'm not going to hold my breath on that one, but it would be nice if we could keep Zach Logue. But at this point, the A's are starting to get a little bit congested with how many prospects we're getting and it's, it's been a big criticism from a lot of fans where people, A's fans, are feeling like we're not getting superstar prospects. You know, big p- potential superstar prospects, I should say. That for our current star players, our all-stars and our gold glovers and, and, you know, players that we're trading out, that... Of course, we we want to get a superstar or or a star back in a trade, a rookie or a or a minor league player that that's going to turn into someone basically what we want obviously as fans is they're going to turn into someone that's going to replace the player that we just lost, if not now then maybe in 2 years or something. And i I mentioned it before a little bit and i'll I'm gonna repeat myself that if you know that you have a player in your minor league system that's like that that's that good that's that player, then you're not getting rid of him do you if you think that that you know the nationals would have traded off juan Soto when he was in High A, probably only for the two months that he was in high A. I, he advanced through their minor league systems really quickly because he was obviously so good. But if you think that the Nationals were going to get rid of Juan Soto for any player that you've got on your team, you know, it's just not realistic. They're not giving him up. They're not giving him up until it's clear that he's not going to sign with their team, and then they'll trade him off for one or two years of control like they did to the Padres, right? You're not... You're just not going to... These days, at least, you're not going to receive big number one prospect-type players from another team in a trade. And obviously... It would be great if we could just sign our own number one prospects that develop into All-Stars. But as an A's A's fan who's been a fan of the organization for many years and seen the cycle of rebuild, good team, All-Stars on the team, and then break it down and, and... sell the tr- the players, the all-stars for what feels like sometimes just scraps. It hurts and it's not fun but at this point you should be used to it. You know, I, I'm used to it. I knew before the start of 2021 that It was the last hurrah with these guys, with Chapman, with Olsen, with Murphy, and We'll talk we'll talk more about that later. I don't wanna get too too much into this. But the fact is, you know, there's budget constraints for the A's, and there's budget constraints for everybody that's not the Padres and the Mets right now. And there are reasons for that. I'll I'll have a whole episode about budget and and all of that stuff. I'll I'll do that another time. But you should just be ready to lose the players that you love. Sadly, to me, it's what gives me some pride. Actually, as an A's fan, uh, not proud to lose the players that I love, but but proud that we can continue to put out. A pretty good team, on a consistent basis, on, in on a consistent cyclical cyclical basis, where um, every couple of years, you know, we we have a couple, maybe two, maybe three, not so good years, and then we're back and we're doing it with no money and players that most people don't even know, and you know we have our have our playoff runs, we make it to the postseason. You know, we win our division, we get the wild card, we get in there, and if you're not one of the top... If if you're not stellar with your drafting or a trade guru or if you don't have pockets as deep as the ocean, you know, then then what the A's are doing is basically the best that you can do with these resources. And you can look around the league and see, not to trash talk other teams or anything, but you can see a lot of teams that are in a lot worse of situations than the A's and have been for a long time with more money, with less money, with the same money, and teams that have bigger markets that still don't sign players. You can, you can see all sorts of crazy things when you look around MLB, and I don't think that the A's are doing a bad job here. They're doing what they can, and oh, that was a big tangent. I'll, <laughs> like I said, I'll have a, a big episode on that later. If you disagree with what I said, just now that's fine. A's fans have opinions about all this stuff different opinions for everybody you know if you feel really strongly go ahead and send me an email about it athletics baseball podcast at gmail um, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your take and uh, maybe some of you do agree with me I, I think that it's a little bit less of a common opinion these days, especially right now when when everybody's mad. You know, everybody's mad. We just lost Sean Murphy, the last A player of that core of young guys, right? So I get it, and I probably should be maybe letting the wounds heal a little bit before I go into that, but it's too late. I just did it. So let's talk more about the players that we got for Matt Chapman and where they are now and how they're doing now. We've got Gunnar Hogland. He is currently rated as the tenth best A's prospect, and he's only twenty three years old. We got all these guys from the Blue Jays, alright, so I'm not gonna go and say that for each one, but we got him from the Blue Jays, just like all the others. He's a right handed pitcher. He's six four, he's two twenty. Uh, he's listed as 220 pounds at least, but he's 23 years old, um, and he was a first-round draft pick. So he was really, really looked at looked at really highly um, before he was drafted. Like when when he was in college, and he probably would have been like a top three or top five pick, but he had an injury. He had to get Tommy John. He still went in the first round. He went nineteenth overall, I think. And he's he's only played the one season, twenty twenty two. He's he's you know, he played all four years in college and um I I believe so. And he played some games in the Rookie League last year and he played some games in A and uh Really, well, some games. He only played three games. He had a little injury issue cropping up. So he was sort of... He's the headliner from this Matt Chapman trade. And it's a little bit of a gamble because he's got a really high ceiling, I think, and a pretty high floor, too. Um if he can stay healthy and if he can make that re- return from Tommy John and be the player that everyone was hoping that he could become you know it's not going to be an easy journey for him but he's a young guy he's got a lot of promise he he throws he throws well he's he's got a lot of people that think that he is going to be something and it would be nice if he did become something you know we want him to be something pretty good so that we can really get the piece out of that trade that that we need you know and and we need we need some some pitching to replace all the guys that we lost you know um we need some some players we'll we'll get them they'll we'll have different players break out, and uh, players that you'd never expect, you know? Um, Cole Irvin, for example. I don't think anyone thought that he would be coming around to be one of the top starting pitchers on the A's when he was still in the minors, you know? But he has really just thrived. And maybe, maybe some of our young guys here will too. And... I hope that Gunnar Hogland can can be one of those players as well. The guy who at this point is looking more like the headliner, as far as actually seeing him play and and things. Kevin Smith, he was a fourth round pick. He's six foot. He's 190 pounds. He's a righty, and he's listed as a shortstop. He's 26 and he has basically just played two seasons in the minors but both or two seasons in the majors sorry but both uh hardly well, less than half a season you know 18 games in 2021 with Toronto where he was absolutely horrible .094 average .194 on base and a .188 slugging so very bad but 18 games, you know, players have... Look at Mike Trout last year had a cold streak that went 18 games, didn't it? A hitless 18 games or something like that, you know? If the best... One of the best players in baseball, one of the best batters in baseball can have a cold streak like that, I just cannot fault a rookie for having a bad streak on his first appearance in the majors. 2022, with the A's, he was still bad, but significantly better. A 180 batting average with a 216 on base and a 302 slugging, which was, like I said, not great, not good, pretty bad, <laughs> but it was Also only over 47 games, which is still a small sample size, and he just has not had enough experience in the majors to really see what he can do, you know? And and in the minors, he was really turning it on. Um, The end of the season last year, he was just out of control, and maybe it means that he's found something that's working for him, you know? And maybe he just got a good look at at the uh, pitching in the majors and went back to the minors and the ball seemed slower. I don't know, you know? Um, but this offseason is, is a big one for him, probably, because if he can turn it on, if he can keep some of that magic from the end of the season in the minors that he had and and if he can come in and and hit then he has a lot of opportunities on the A's to be to to cement himself on the team and the A's lineup is totally up in the air for now as far as I'm concerned which means absolutely nothing because I'm not making the the lineup for the team, but I, all I'm saying is I think that if he can work on some stuff over the off-season, spring training, everything, and, and if he can come in and and show up and show the the team that he's ready to compete at the big leagues, then we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have a good time, I think, with Kevin Smith he was playing third he's listed as a shortstop but i think he was playing a lot of third base last year i should i should just mention that real quick let me let me see i'll peek into this uh yeah we we used him a little at shortstop and then a lot at third base in the majors and his defense at third base was actually pretty good so yeah if he can if he can bring that bat around then we really need a third baseman on the A's, and we've got uh, Zach Galoff, Geloff. Geloff? I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I should probably look that up. But Zach Geloff, I think, um, who is one of our top prospects. But, you know, was, we need we need more. We need better. We We need to figure out, at least for now, who we are going to turn out in these positions. So let's talk about Kirby Snead now, the fourth player that we received in the Matt Chapman trade. And he is a lefty reliever, 10th round pick, 6'1", 2'18", he's listed at. He was interesting last year. I saw I saw him pitch some games, and sometimes he seemed like this is the guy that we need to bring in. It, you know, with our uh, non not stellar bullpen last year, you know, who who are we going to bring in? Who can we rely on? And oh, he's 28, by the way. He's he's on the older side, but you know, who are we going to rely on for for the bullpen? And sometimes it was looking like Kirby Sneed. And sometimes it was not. He pitched a 5.84 ERA in 46 innings of relief. Or 46 games, 44.2 innings, actually. So, it's not a good ERA, but with these young guys, you know, they can get blown up for part of the season, and it can destroy their ERA. And then they can come in the rest of the season and start doing pretty good. And that's sort of what happened with with Kirby Sneed. His... he, He really seemed to get better as the season went on. And... he's got a really high spin rate on his fastball, which could work for, could could really work for him um, in making that a great strikeout pitch, but he's a little bit wild on some of his pitches. Um, and the big thing for me that is concerning, I, I suppose I would say, is his changeup his fastball is about 93, and his changeup is about 88. And it maybe there's something else that he does for deception there that I am not aware of, but... And he doesn't throw the changeup that much, but it just seems like it needs to be slower. It seems like it should, with a 93-mile-an-hour fastball, it seems like it should be more in the low 80s, maybe... 82 or you know 84 at least um, just so that there's more of a difference between that and his and his sinker or his four seam and um, I think that if he can develop the control for the four seam fastball a little bit more with that with that spin that he can put on the fastball that he that he put on it last year, I should say, which, uh, according to Baseball Savant, he had a 90th percentile fastball spin rate, um, which is really good. Um, it, it would just help to if he is putting that spin on that fastball, if he can control it more, then that thing will just float in to the top of the strike zone and... Maybe he can be a uh nice fly ball pitcher, which in the Coliseum is probably a really good thing um and I kind of feel like we should really be going after fly ball pitchers quite a bit more than what it seems like we are because the Coliseum is huge, the field space you know like down down the foul lines um. The, the dugouts there's so much room for for a foul ball to be caught and it's not a small stadium either uh, out outfield wall wise um, So yeah, you know if we can get some more guys who uh, have that high spin rate on their fastball like Kirby Sneed seems to, then maybe, you know, pair pair that up with uh, if we can bring the bat for um, for Christian Pache. You know, uh, and and put a couple of other solid guys in the outfield. You know, Tony Kemp is great out there. Seth Brown is good in right field. Um, and and we've got a lot of we've got a lot of good outfield guys coming up as well. I think defensively. So pair up. The Coliseum with its with its big field, with its with its wide foul space, you know, and and some good fast defenders who can catch those balls, and I think that's a winning combo right there. But we'll just have to see if Kirby Sneed can take that extra step forward and cont- sort of continue really on what he was doing at the end of last year and maybe get his ERA down to uh, the 4 range or or even lower. And um, maybe he can be a a solid reliever for us going forward, which would be great because our bullpen, you know, we we just signed Drew Rusynski and Trevor May, and our bullpen's looking a lot better than last year, but we've still got a lot of question marks. And... We need some answers to those questions. Because <laughs> Trevor May and Kruysinski, you know, these are short term deals as well, so they're not answers for these questions beyond one year or half a year, maybe. You know, half a year if we're lucky, realistically. Because if we're lucky, like I said, they'll they'll turn up and they'll show that they're actually really solid relievers, and then they'll be gone, which would be great because we might be able to get some young guys who turn into something. And I think that over the next year or two, there will be a lot more cuts to some of the young guys that we've got that just aren't really panning out, cuts or trades. And I think that this team will be hugely different than last year, performance-wise, And I think that it will be hugely different uh, player player construction-wise going forward as well from what we will see this year. I think we're still sorting the wheat from the chaff right now and in 2023. And I don't think that we'll see the core of the future team until either the end of 2023 or maybe in 2024. But I think we're getting we're getting close. We're getting close to seeing who is going to sort of shake out and and stick to the roster and that's exciting. It's always exciting to see the new young players that are coming up. Well, I'll stop rambling to you for now. I'm I'm not going to be releasing a podcast on the next week, on the 26th or the 29th. The plan is to not release a podcast for those days. I might throw together something if anything really crazy happens, I I suppose. But um, I'm going to be out of town, and you all should enjoy your Christmas and your New Year's, and... Have have a have a happy holiday, and uh, hopefully you get some time off work. You can spend with your families. See you next time, and thanks for listening.